From the PSIA AASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and First Chair is brought to you by GEICO, and GEICO is showing their commitment to our community by offering us special discounts on auto insurance. That's PSIA AASI members. All you have to do is log in to thesnowpros.org, click on Shop, and then click on Pro Offers, and you're going to see the GEICO Gecko. Click on the gecko, and that's going to take you to a page where you can get a quote, and you can see how much more you could save with a special discount on auto insurance. So big thanks to Geico for their support of PSIAASI. Very special guest tonight, Nick Alfieri, is joining us from New Zealand. Nick, uh, thanks very much for taking the time out of your day to be on First Chair. Yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me. Now, New Zealand, uh, what's it like? You know, it's been super hot up here. We've had some wonderful weather lately, but uh, you're kind of never-ending winter. Yep, yeah, yeah. Never-ending winter, jumping back and forth. New Zealand's great. The um, where, where I'm at, where I live, we actually hardly ever get snow at my house, maybe a couple times a year, and you drive up to the snow every single day to, to go ride and ski. So it's, it's a little bit like a break from the, from the Colorado winter I'm used to, but yeah, it's pretty good. Now let's get into our topic for tonight. You wrote a wonderful article for 32 degrees on communication and really wanted to follow up with you on a podcast on that. What was it first of all, that just got you interested in doing that topic? Well, I think, I think what got me interested was I, I started watching people who I admired as good communicators and wanted to be able to communicate as, as well as they could. And I was listening to what they were saying and I was like, yeah, you know, I can say those same things, but it, it wouldn't always come across the same and it didn't have the same power. And I, and I started to realize and through research and, and watching and observing that it's, it's so much more than, than what you say, it's, it's how you say it. And I got fascinated with nonverbal communication and how verbal and nonverbal work together. And then I, I, just, I just had to write an article about it. And I thought it was a good topic and something that really applies to our job as instructors and trainers. And in everyday life, it's, 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 a, it's good. You know, you think about what we do and some of the greatest fears that uh, human beings have. One of the ones at the top is public speaking. And we're out there speaking in front of the public every day. Uh, what can we do to become more effective? Oh yeah, for for, for public speaking, that that's a hard one. Like I, I still struggle with that one in in front of groups of people, get getting nervous and and to to me, it, it comes down to one is is having a plan. It's it's tough to to get up and speak in front of people if if you're gonna wing it. Like we think of people as, oh, they, they flow really naturally through public speaking. When they get up, it all just seems to, to flow so well, and it seems very ad hoc, and they go with the flow, but they didn't get there. They didn't start that way. They probably started with a plan, and they said, oh, I'm going to cover this, and I'm going to cover this, and then eventually, through practice, they got to a point where they could flow more and more naturally with it. So my advice would be start off with a plan, and you can always deviate from that if you want to, but don't expect yourself to be able to jump on things on the fly uh, right from the get-go. You know, I have to agree with you 100%. You have no idea how much rehearsal goes into making something sound unrehearsed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty true. Like, I know, I know for, for me, 
I, when I started leading clinics, I wanted to be this, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to make a plan because I'm just going to see where it goes. And <laughs> I'm going to be the type of clinic leader that just flows so naturally. And, and it's, it's going to be good. I'll see where the group wants to go. And I led some terrible clinics because I didn't have a plan and I didn't know or have the skill to take a clinic and, and let it develop naturally. So it was a big step for me when I realized, oh, I'm going to come in and make a plan. And worst case scenario, I just stick to my plan and it still turns out all right. Best case scenario, something pops up and I have the wits about me to grab a hold of it and run with it and take advantage of that learning opportunity. Um, but yeah, so it's making a plan is, is really key, especially at the start. So let's kind of break that down though. How do we make a plan as instructors? You know, we really don't know what we're going to get as far as our, our teaching assignment for the day. You might get a red lesson. You might get a double black diamond trees lesson. How do you have that plan? How do you build that quickly so that you can be effective when you greet your students? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think about I think about where we're starting, and and first you have to kind of get get it get a clear idea of where you're headed. So if you know once you once you have that once you know where you're starting, and then once you know where you want to end up, you then you start to plot out the points in between, and then you start finding the linear pieces between those points. So I know I want to start at A and end at F. But what is B, C, D, and E? What are all the stops I want to make along the way? If you just say, oh, I'm going to start at A and end at F, and I'm just going to naturally, I'm just going to evolve and just flow on my way to there and see how we get there, that, that's when you have the, the possibility for a breakdown. So I, I see as you need to chart the points in between the start and the finish. That, that's what I do when I start thinking about whether it's a clinic or, or, or a teach, I, I think about, yep, here's where I'm starting, here's where I'm finishing, and here's all the stops I'm going to make along the way. Now, one of the things you mentioned right at the beginning was nonverbal communication, uh, pairing up, matching up with verbal communication. And think about when we're uh, teaching a lesson, we have a helmet, um, a parka, pants, goggles. How can we effectively get across our nonverbal cues? Well, I think that nonverbal communication is is maybe a, a little broader than we all think of it. Like it's a bigger concept than maybe what we think of it as because even things like the, the tone of your voice is considered nonverbal communication. So, you know, personal space is considered nonverbal communication. All those things don't have to do with with what we're wearing and being covered up. So, so we can get across our cues through just the inflection in our voice. We can, we can, you know, through how close we're standing to someone. That's that's all really part of it. So it's 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 about understanding all the pieces that come into nonverbal communication. And then once we understand all those pieces, we can start to use it as as a regular and beneficial tool for us to communicate. Now, I love in your article how you talk about nonverbal and verbal have to match up for communication to be received well. And no kidding, if your nonverbal uh, actions or what you're trying to get across doesn't match your words, you've got no communication going on there at all. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I, I always, you know, I always use the example. I, I tell people, I go, when I'm trying to talk to them about this, I say, oh, you know, you ever, you ever met that person that y- you meet them and you just, you can't quite put your finger on it, but something about them makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up or, or something about that person just kind of, ah, they make you uncomfortable. You're not sure why, but you just don't, you don't feel great about that person. That, that not always, but is a lot of times because something they're saying and something you're picking up subconsciously through, about their nonverbal communication isn't matching up. It's, it's not matching up. So you have your brain goes, oh my God, this person is lying either, either one way or another. It doesn't matter. And you instantly start to distrust that person. You start to distance yourself and move away from that person. It's like your instinct is kicking in saying, nope, don't go there. Don't trust that person. That's, that's not good. So it it can be really bad if, if we're trying to send a message through, through verbal communication and it's not messing, matching up with our nonverbal, like that, that, that is super damaging to relationships and in your lessons. Oh, and I mean, our lessons, when we're starting it out, it's all about building trust. So we've got one shot. And if we're off there a little bit, can kick things off in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, like even even kids, kids are amazing. Like we don't give kids enough credit sometimes, I think, for how, how well they can pick up on nonverbal communication. But, you know, you, you ever see those instructors who are like almost, oh, yeah, hey, guys, like I'm, I'm overly excited to be here. If that's who you are and that's naturally who you are and everything is matching up with that, that's great. But to, to try to be that way if, if you're not um, comes across as a disconnect and people pick up on it. Kids pick up on it. Adults do. And, and they'll have uh, an avoidance response or kind of start to move towards a distrust with you. And it's, it's, um, it's something that we have control over and we can practice it. That's the other thing is we can practice nonverbal communication. How can we practice that? Stand in front of a mirror? I mean, seriously, <laughs> just talk with someone yeah, else no, and that... see what we look like when we're, or video ourselves doing a presentation. Yeah. You know, that, that's actually, that's actually not a bad way to, to observe when I, I think about practicing is I'll, I'll go into a situation and I'll be like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to look at, I'm going to take like little snapshots and I'm going to say like, okay, can I just, Hey, what am, what am I doing right now? How am I standing? Am I, am I, how am I speaking? How's my inflection in my voice uh, happening? How close am I standing to this person? And I just do these little checkups with myself every once in a while through a conversation of, Hey, how, how is my nonverbal communication right now? Because a lot of what we do is learned, you know, like we, we learn it as we go. So we have to just, the first, the first step is being aware of what we're doing. So that, that's number one. And then number two is, is watching others. Like watching, just standing back and watching other people communicate, uh, even from far away when you can't hear them, and just watch how their their posture, their touch, all those things are are happening, and see if you can watch kind of the ebb and flow in the communi- in the conversation that's happening, and that is a huge learning tool just to become aware. You're listening to First Chair. We're visiting with Aussie national team member Nicholas Alfieri, who's joining us from New Zealand. First Chair brought to you by Geico. 
remember to log into the snowpros.org, click on shop and pro offers, and click on the Geico Gecko and check out a, a quote from Geico to find out how much more you can save with a special discount on your auto insurance. Now, Nick, I liked what you just said about observe. Do you observe, I would think, observing uh, not necessarily other instructors, but really people in different situations? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, what is it? There's a, there's a book, it's, uh, it's called, I think I talked about this last time. Yeah, everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten. There it is. Everything I needed to know I learned from snowboarding. <laughs> and I think about that, like I started getting into the, the communication more and more through snowboarding and being around people. But it, it's helped me so much just in my day-to-day life and just general relationship building with people like even coworkers, you know like just just working with people um out, outside of snowboarding it it really helps if you can know how how your communication is received what other people what other messages people are sending and the more and more you tap into nonverbal communication you you can really really pick up on what people are saying and then put people at ease and get your point across of what you want to say, regardless of whether it's about skiing or snowboarding at all. You know, Nick, I think you've really hit on why I'm so disconcerted by clowns. Their faces never (laughs) match what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Oh man. I've never thought about that, but that's yeah. Right. Like it's like, ah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't trust you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. There, yeah, something something might not be right, you know? <laughs> now, let's get back to communication. <laughs> um, you know, you mentioned coworkers, and and that is a place at work where we can have some real communication issues that can cause some serious problems. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 work, the the coworking can be difficult, right? And 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 I think I think the more and more we start to think of ourselves as, as I don't know, I want to say like full communicators or, or using all of our communication power between verbal and nonverbal. It, it really does help us to, to bring people to us. You know, we don't have that, like I was talking about earlier, when our verbal and our nonverbal doesn't match up, we kind of have that uh, almost avoidance response we start to distance ourselves from that person so the more we can be aware of the feeling we're trying to communicate and if we can actually show that it it helps that that communication in the workplace regardless of the environment tons now we talked a lot about dryland training and activities we can do in the summer to be better riders and skiers what are some things that you think we could do maybe to help ourselves with our communication skills uh, before the season begins? You know, I think I think it's going to come back to kind of kind of what I said earlier and doing those checkups with yourself and just saying, hey, how, how am I communicating? How is my communication being received? Uh, it is is what I'm saying with my voice matching up with what my body is trying to say and and then observing. Just, just becoming aware of how people communicate more than just their words is, is some of the best knowledge you can get. Yeah, this has really been fun talking with you about this topic, Nick, because now I'm thinking, I mean, we are in such a medium where 
the nonverbal has to come through when you're on the radio or doing a podcast because you can't see, uh, eye, there is no eye contact. You can't see uh, the way our bodies are moving, how we're hunched over the microphone or however it is we're sitting. All the, the cues <laughs> yeah. are coming through our voices. Yeah, yeah. You know, George, I'm, I'm sure you know, know better than me. Like the, uh, the, the what, what sets you know, radio announcers apart is, is I'm sure you have worked on, like you said, your cadence, your tone of voice, the, the way you structure your sentences, your inflection. You know, that's something that I'm sure you've had to spend lots of time on. And, and develop something, a, a way that is more than just verbal communication that can put people, whoever you're interviewing or talking to, at ease. That's all that hits so home with nonverbal communication, what, what you do as a job. That's, that's, that's spot on. Well, Nick Alfieri, I sure appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Really enjoyed this podcast with you. Thanks very much. Yeah, th- thanks for having me, George. This is, this is great. You've been listening to First Chair, and First Chair brought to you by GEICO. GEICO offering PSIA, AASI members special discounts on auto insurance as their way of showing their support to our community. Again, log on to thesnowpros.org, click on Shop, click on Pro Offers. You're going to see that cute little GEICO gecko come up. Click on the gecko, and that'll take you to a page for a quote. You'll be able to see how much more you could save with a special discount on your auto insurance. Thanks very much for listening to First Chair from the PSIA AASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.